Hello friends, this is Pastor Christopher Allen greeting you in the name of our Lord Jesus. I trust you and your household are doing well. Um, we are in the subject of the call of God and this is lesson number seven. And today we're going to talk about uh, the calling of Paul, how the Lord called Paul to the ministry. So the last one, you know, we, uh, the last two lessons we have spoken about how Jesus called his disciples and now we're going to talk about the calling of Paul. So let us uh, start reading from uh, Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read to you from verse 1 to verse 22. Uh, you know, you, you might wonder, why do I read such long passages of, of passages of scriptures? You know, it's very simple because uh, Bible teaching should be based on the scripture and we should have as much scripture as possible. Instead of just reading you two scriptures and telling you a lot of stories, uh, which, you know, by the way, that way you won't really learn much. Uh, but this is the way to learn because, uh, uh, and this is how your faith will grow. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So it's, it's very good to have a biblical foundation for the things we believe. So we know why we believe and we believe things because they're in the Bible, not, not just because somebody says so. You see, just because I say something, uh, it doesn't mean it's right. It has to be in the scripture. That's why uh, the scripture is my only authority when I teach you anything. So uh, that uh, that is the reason I prefer to read a lot of scriptures when I teach. So anyway, but let's go to Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 22. And it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. So Paul was in a in a murderous mood because the you know the Jewish establishment they were really against the Christians and they were persecuting the churches because they they looked at Jesus as a heretic who was perverting their religious beliefs that that's what they believed that's the way they looked at it and Paul was one of those people so they thought they should get rid of these Christians and they were persecuting the church so Paul was busy because it says he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter. I mean, he he was angry. He wanted to kill the believers. Slaughter means to kill somebody. So he was threatening to kill the, the disciples of Jesus. He went to the high priest. Okay, and then verse 2 says, and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether there be men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So he asked the high priest to give him letters uh, um, to the synagogues in Damascus. Uh, and so that if he found any people in those synagogues who were of this way, that means who believed in Jesus. So he, he asked the high priest to give him letters uh, of authority uh, uh, written address to the synagogues in Damascus in Syria so that he could go to Damascus and if he found any of the disciples of Jesus in the in Damascus he will he would arrest them he would tie them up and he would bring them bound into Jerusalem I mean that's how mad this man was and then he says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. He went on his way and he was close to Damascus. And suddenly there shined, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? 
And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you persecuted. Now, this is interesting. So he was persecuting believers and Jesus, uh, uh, you know, I mean, this light came to him and, and he fell to the earth. Now, some people say, uh, this is just a trivial thing. Some people say he fell off his horse. Well, it doesn't say that he was on a horse. He could have been walking, but he probably was on a horse uh, because in those days, long distance journeys were undertaken on horses. But anyway, it's not a big <laughs> theological issue. I just thought it would be interesting for you to hear this because I've heard this being debated. Um, anyway, so, uh, and the voice said to him, Paul fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, Lord, because he he knew it was, it must have been God or somebody, you know, this voice came from heaven. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you who are, who you're persecuting, which is interesting because in the eyes of God, persecuting the church is the same as persecuting Jesus. And this is because we are the body of Christ. And since we are in Christ and we, the book of Ephesians says we are flesh of his, we are his flesh. <coughs> I believe it's Ephesians um, 5.30 or so. It says, for we are his flesh and his bones. So we are a part of Christ. So if anybody touches us, he's touching Jesus. If anybody persecutes us, he's persecuting Jesus. That is how seriously God looks at him. And right now, nowadays we hear about what the leaders of China are doing to the churches and other countries, the things they are doing to Christians. And I always say it's a dangerous game they're playing. Because when they do that, they're attacking not the church, but they're attacking Jesus himself. And they, they, they are in, in, they're going to incur the wrath of God, the judgment of God. So that is why uh, we should not just pray for the Christians of these countries, but we should also pray for the leaders of these countries that, that they would come back to their senses and not do something so stupid as to persecute the church. Because if you persecute the church, you suddenly find yourself having God against you. And that is not a healthy scenario for anybody. So Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And he said, and the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you, who thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Okay. And and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless. That means Paul had a, a group of men with him who were on this journey. They were frightened and they stood speechless because they heard the same voice, but they didn't see any man. And Saul arose from the earth and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. And they led him by the hand and brought him to, to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. So uh, so it says that um, this is interesting. Uh, it's apparently when this bright light shone on him, Paul was struck blind. And then it says that after the voice spoke to him, his sight came back and he didn't see any man. Uh, so he knew it was, a, it was the voice of God. And then it says, again, he was without sight. So somehow, I think this blindness struck him two times. I don't know the details, but that's what it says here, because in, 
In verse number eight, it says his eyes were open. He saw no man and they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. So uh, when they brought him to, to Damascus, he was obviously without sight because they led him without hand. And it says he was three days without sight and neither did eat or drink for three days. He didn't have his sight and he did not eat or drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now this is this is beautiful. This is amazing because there was in disciple in 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 Damascus there was a man called Ananias. Okay, so uh, this was an ordinary disciple. He was not one of the apostles. He was an ordinary disciple. And the Lord said to Ananias in a vision. He says. Ananias and Ananias knew it was the Lord. He said, Lord, here I am. And the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called straight. Now, which is interesting because you see these words were written 2000 years ago. And if you go to Damascus, Syria today, you there, that street called straight is still there. And it is called straight street because it is a straight street and it is still called the straight street. And that uh, that street is still there. You know, it's amazing. And in, in America, we anything that is 50 years old, we call that historical or 100 years old. You know, we call it historical. But you go to the Middle East. I mean, there are things that are thousands of years old. And this is amazing. That street called Straight is still there in Damascus. And it is still called the same name by the same name. So this is, I, I find history very fascinating. So I read, you know, read something in the Bible, then you look at the world and it's there, you know. So anyway, uh, uh, God spoke to Ananias and said, go to the street called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas. There's a guy called Judas in his house. There is a man called Saul from Tarsus and he's praying. And Saul, he said, Saul has seen you in a vision and that you are going to go to him and lay his hands on him and he would receive his sight. This is amazing. So God's spoken a vision to Ananias that you go there to this house and there's a man there called Saul of Tarsus and he's praying and he has seen you in a vision that you are coming to him and laying hands on him that he might receive his sight. And this is Ananias' responses. response. He says, Lord, I've heard by many of this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. He said, Lord, this is a bad man you're talking about. I know this man. I have heard of him and I've heard how much evil he has done to the Christians in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and then he says, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on your name as he has come to Damascus to persecute us because he has letters from the chief priest to bind and to arrest all of us who call on your name. And the Lord said to him, or but the Lord said to him, he said to Ananias, go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how 
great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now this is amazing. God said to Ananias, I know he's a bad dude. I know he's persecuting the believers, but go to him because I have chosen him to, to be a witness for me to bear my name before the Gentiles and he will stand before kings and he will stand before the people of Israel. And then the Lord said, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, I, you know, I must stop here in verse 16. God, God called Paul, okay, in a very unusual way because normally, you know, God calls believers. But uh, in Paul's case, Paul was not a believer. Not was he only an unbeliever, but he was actually actively persecuting the Christians and out to kill them. Do you know uh, that when Stephen was, uh, you know, the, who was the first martyr of the church, when he was martyred, Paul was standing right there. Paul, at that time, he was known as Saul. Saul was standing right there. He was, he, he, he participated in it. So this was a man who was, who was really persecuting the churches. And amazingly, God chose him. This is the first time I see God calling a man who was actually actively persecuting the Christians and he didn't believe in Jesus Christ and God chose him. So that's the first thing that, that strikes me that this is a case in which God calls a man who was a total outsider. He was far from Jesus and uh, uh, he, he was persecuting the Christians. That was the first thing and God called him. The second thing I see here is that verse 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So God had destined, uh, you know, God had, well, I don't know what word you would want to use other than destined. God uh, had chosen Paul to suffer for his name's sake. And that is why if you see the life of Paul, you know, how he suffered persecution. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was he was uh, uh, betrayed by false brethren. I mean, he had one thing after the other happened to him. And the only time we see him re receiving a personal prophecy was when the prophet Agabus ca came to him and took off his belt and tied him up with it. He says, this is what the Jews are going to do to the owner of the belt, you know. So, I mean, listen. Paul was not like today when church, you know, you go to church and people prophesy over you and say, oh, I love you, says the Lord, and I'm going to prosper you and you're going to have a lot of money and your life will be good and, and that which you're believing for you'll soon have. He didn't receive prophecies like that. He received prophecies about suffering and imprisonment and he went through those things and he knew that he was called to suffer. So there is a calling to suffer. Uh, and, you know, and we see that in the Bible, uh, it says in Philippians 1.29, Yea, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. In Corinthians, Paul said that we are called to suffer for his name's sake. The Bible says that. So uh, I know some faith teachers, they believe that that if you suffer is because you, you know, you know, I heard one preacher say, if Paul knew the things that we know today, uh, he wouldn't suffer, uh, you know, he, he, he wouldn't uh, uh, suffer the things he suffer. Uh, he would have a better life. He would live a life of whatever, you know, like us. So if Paul knew what we know today, well, interestingly, 
Where do we know the things we know today? From the writings of Paul. I mean, every all revelation we have from God is from the writings of Paul. So how would we know things that Paul didn't know? There are no other books in the Bible other than that which is in the New Testament. And most of the books in the epistles in the New Testament were written by the Apostle Paul. And so, and it says that... Uh, and, and the Bible also says, you know, Paul said in Corinthians that just like the sufferings of Christ flow over, overflow us, so does his comfort also overflow. So, uh, the, you know, faith is not a, uh, is not a, how do you say, uh, a, a way out of not having any trouble. Uh, you know, the, we have to suffer for his name's sake. Now, we must understand that suffering, the kind of suffering that we are called to suffer as Christians is not sickness and disease. No. Sickness and disease are not suffering for Christ because uh, sickness and disease are uh, some things that are, are things that Jesus took upon himself as our substitute. So the things that Jesus suffered in our stead, that means he suffered instead of us, which he, he, he bore upon the cross for uh, instead of us, those things we don't have to suffer because Jesus has already borne those things. And that is sin and sickness and disease and mental disease, mental torments. These are things we don't have to suffer because Jesus has already suffered and borne those things. But there's other sufferings. Sufferings can mean we, we suffer for, our, for the sake of righteousness. The Bible talks about suffering for the sake of righteousness. And then the Bible says that we suffer for the sake of the gospel. People are in prison. People, even as I sit here and I'm teaching you, there are thousands of people who are suffering and they are prison, imprisoned in China, in North Korea and in other places. There are Christians who are suffering for their witness for the gospel. And those are uh, those are things that we called, we are called to suffer. I spent almost a year in prison for preaching the gospel and that is a part of the suffering for the gospel and I embraced it because I saw in the Bible, it was so in the Bible, so I said, okay, I'm here in prison, I'm suffering, it's in the Bible, they did the same thing to the apostles, so now they are doing this to me and that's, you know, that's a part of the gospel. So we are called to suffer for the sake of the gospel and then we suffer for the sake of righteousness, but then there's other sufferings we are not called to suffer. Say, we suffer because of our political opinions, we suffer because we of, because we go and, and, and argue and fight with people and we, 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 you know, people suffer because they commit crimes, they break the law, uh, you know, I mean, people suffer because they drive recklessly on the roads and these are not sufferings that we are called to. We are not called to suffer, uh, uh, you know, the, these are not sufferings that are from God. So suffering from sickness and disease and mental torment and, and, and going to prison because we commit a crime or, or suffering because of our own stupidity, those are, are not things that are suffering for Christ. Suffering for Christ is when we are persecuted for righteousness sake and we are persecuted for sake of the gospel. And that kind of suffering are we are called to go through. And if that ever happens to us, we should gladly embrace, embrace it. Because Jesus even said to Paul that he shall suffer many things for my name's sake. And sometimes God calls us to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And if that ever happens, God forbid that ever happens, we should be willing to face it 
and uh, because you know it's a and it's a privilege it's a privilege i remember uh, i did my first crusade in burma and there was severe persecution after that and one pastor he was uh, a friend of mine he was arrested and he was beaten and tortured and all that so uh, after he was released i remember i met him and the thing was that he participated in my crusade so i felt a kind of responsibility so I asked this man, he's home with the Lord now many years ago, but I asked him, I said, what did they do? He said, they came to my house and they turned everything upside down. Then they arrested me and they took me to the police station. And he says, they interrogated me. And he says, and then, and then tears began to flow down his cheeks. And he says, and then pastor, he says, they beat me because I love Jesus. And then he wept and he says, Pastor, you know me, I'm just an ordinary person and uh, I can't understand why God would count me worthy to uh, bear the privilege of being beaten for the sake of the name of Jesus. You know, I got quiet and I cried because it is a privilege to suffer for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of our witness to Jesus. Praise God. So he says, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then it says, then Ananias went his way and he entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto you in the way that you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to understand that this man Ananias was not one of the apostles. He, I don't think he was even in one of the fivefold ministry gifts. He was just a regular believer who walked with God, who heard from God, and he was full of the Holy Ghost. And you who are watching this, if you, you don't have to be an apostle or a pastor or an evangelist or prophet or teacher, if you are a regular believer doing a regular job, but you are in the Word and you are full of the Holy Ghost, God can use you in this way and God can tell you go and lay hands on such and such person and I will restore his sight and then you pray for him and I will fill him with the Holy Ghost because God uses ordinary people hallelujah when God first began to use me I was uh, I mean I was in the ministry but I was working as a janitor as a cleaner cleaning floors and toilets to support myself because nobody supported me, nobody believed in me. But I was full time out on the streets witnessing to drug addicts and drunks and whoever would listen to me preach. I was on the streets with them every day, witnessing, sharing the gospel. But I love Jesus. But to support myself, I had to, you know, have, uh, I needed money to pay my rent and to and to buy food and clothing for myself. So I worked as a janitor at a school cleaning floors and toilets and I did that and God used me there. It was, you see, what I'm saying is that doesn't matter what is your, your place in life is, what you are doing today. But if you're full of the word and full of the Holy Ghost, God can speak to you and God can use you. So that's why God said to uh, uh, Ananias and then, and Ananias came to Saul uh, later on who became Paul and he says brother Saul the Lord even Jesus has appeared unto you in the way you came and he has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost 
and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and <coughs> he received his sight immediately forthwith and he arose and he was baptized. And then when he had received meat, he was strengthened. He ate and he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. So after that, he, he you know, he, had, he hadn't eaten for three days. He, they gave him food and he was strengthened his body. Then he stayed several days with the same people who he had come to persecute with the believers in the Damascus. And then it says, and straight away, he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. I mean, this man who was a total enemy of the cross and he was out persecuting the Christians and, and, and God touched him and struck him down and struck him blind. And, and, and he had that encounter with this Jesus who he was persecuting and Jesus touched him. And then this disciple Ananias came and, and, and laid hands on him and he received his sight and he was baptized and was full of the Holy Ghost. And immediately he began to preach Christ in the synagogues, the very synagogues uh, to whose leaders he had letters from the chief priests and the very synagogues from where he would arrest the believers who were in the synagogues because in those days the Christians used to worship in the synagogues and it says that he preached Jesus Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Hallelujah. And then verse 21, and all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them which call on his name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. And people were amazed when they heard him preach. They said, is not this the same man who was persecuting the Christians in Jerusalem? And, and, he, and, he, uh, and he came here with the intent of arresting all the believers and taking them in ropes, in chains to the high priest in Jerusalem. And then it says, but Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. And so Paul, he increased in strength. And then it says he confounded the Jews which dwelt in Damascus. I mean, he confounded them because he proved to them that Jesus is really the Christ, the Messiah who they, who they have been waiting for. Uh, and how did he do that? Well, he did that because Paul knew the scriptures. You see, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul had studied the scriptures. He was a disciple of the famous, uh, famous teacher Gamaliel. So he was a he, he, he was a student of Gamaliel and, and so he knew the scriptures very well. So he used these scriptures to confound the Jews and to prove to them that Jesus is the very Christ. And that is why, again, I come back to the same thing again. And I have said this earlier that if you are called to the ministry, uh, you know, firstly, every Christian should have a good, strong working knowledge of the scripture. So even if you're a lay person, you're not in one of the fivefold ministry gifts, it's good for you to study and have a, a good working knowledge of the scripture. So you can talk to people and you can show them what the Bible teaches. But if you're going to be in the ministry, I always recommend go to Bible school 
and get trained so that, uh, you know, when you go to Bible school, it's, 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 it's actually better than just studying the scriptures by yourself because uh, one thing a Bible school will tell you, a good Bible school will teach you how to structure, uh, how, to, how to teach with structure. Uh, and, and, and how to study the scriptures and how to bring the scriptures together and, and, and how to set a structure and teach different subjects in a way that benefits them. So I would really recommend that. But anyway, uh, we will continue tomorrow. Uh, we'll continue to talk about the call of God. And um, I, I love this subject and I, 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 I love it when Jesus touches people and speaks to them. And this is what we are seeing happening here. But anyway, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your wonderful hand upon their lives. Thank you for your calling. Thank you for your anointing over them. Father, use them mightily for your glory, that they be a blessing to the people in their world, to the people who they know. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless you. Bye.